It's in my message, but uh, all from the Old Testament this week. Uh, we are going to read from Malachi chapter 3. I got verses 6 through 12 for you this morning, as well as Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. All right. Uh, so, uh, I got 6 through 12 for you. Three, or, uh, sorry, 8 through 10 is on the screen. I'm doing the expanded version this morning. Uh, so, uh, bear with me. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll point when we get to verse 8. How about that? All right. Uh, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? And yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty." So that's from Malachi, uh, and then I've got a reading here from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Uh, so we've been talking about giving uh, and generosity, and, and in general, what do we do with our money? How does, how does money work in Scripture? And so if you remember, we have a three-part process. There's three things that happen uh, with money, all right? So the first one is what? God gives to us, right? So God gives is the first thing. God is the supplier. He's the, uh, the, the, the uh, loving parent who takes care of their child, right? We're, we're his children. And so God gives to us. He sustains us, and he invests in us, right? Because if, if all the resources in the world belong to God, and he's given them to us, it's an investment that he is entrusting to us, all right? So the first thing that happens is God gives, and he gives to us. And then the second thing is what? And then we give, right? We take what we have been given, and we do good with it, right? We, we give at church. We, we give to uh, nonprofits that we like. We, we give to our, our friends, our family, whoever it is, people in need. Uh, we use our money that God has invested in us to do good, right? And in doing so, we're giving it back to God, right? Because what we do for the least of these, Jesus says, we've done for him. But there's one final step. In our, in our three steps, right? God gives, you give, and today our final step is what does God do when we give, and it's that God blesses. So God gives, you give, and then God blesses. Now, I think most of us have a general idea of what it means to be blessed. Uh, so general that I think if, you were to, if somebody uh, were to to come to you and, and ask you, what does it mean to be blessed? You probably can't give an answer <laughs> because I struggled with it this week. As I was thinking through this message, I thought, what does it mean to be blessed? 
Because it's a word we throw around a lot, right? We'll ask people, how you doing? Right? Oh, I'm so blessed. What does that even mean? Right? Usually what it means is, like, I'm, I'm financially doing okay, my health is doing okay, uh, you know, things in life are good. That's, that's generally kind of what we mean, is that things are they're pretty well, right? Like, I got, I got no complaints. <laughs> I'm blessed. Sometimes we mean it as uh, we've been successful in something, right? That we, we did something well, and we say, wow, that, was, that thing was really blessed, when it comes to our finances, most of us, when we say that we're blessed financially, does not mean that we are broke. <laughs> when we say that we're blessed in our financial department, it means I'm doing good. My bills are covered, right? I got a little bit of extra. But what, is it, what does it really mean to be blessed? Because a blessing in Scripture has sort of two components. There is a material component, but there's also a spiritual component. There's something bigger in what it means to be blessed. And so I'll offer you up this definition this morning, and, and I think it's important that we, that we, that we cover this, because, because if we're talking about God blessing us as part of a financial, the financial system in Scripture, if we're going to talk about it, we've got to figure out what it means to be blessed. What does it mean that God blesses us? And so uh, Dr. David Ireland phrases it this way. He says, blessing means happiness produced by some experience of God's favor. Blessing means the experiencing of divine kindness, mercy, or goodness. Right? When we say we're blessed, it's more than just we're, we're, we're being sustained. Right? When we say we're, we're blessed by God, it means that, that God has been, gone above and beyond. That we, there, there's some sort of experiencing, he says, of God's favor. I don't know about you, but I... I would kind of like to live my life in God's favor. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> because, because we sing these songs about how good God is and how the, all the great things he does. And then we read scripture and we see the amazing things God does. And then we, we live our lives, right? We, we live faithfully and we pursue God and we get to see firsthand the, the good things that God does. And that's the place where I want to be, <laughs> right? I want to be in a place where I am blessed, where I am experiencing divine kindness, mercy, and goodness. And both of our readings this morning, from Malachi and from Proverbs, uh, sort of point to this definition. Right? In Malachi, uh, God accuses his people of robbery, which feels like a really harsh claim. Right? You're like, man, he is really going for his people here. Uh, he accuses them of robbery because they're not giving the full tithe. Now, whether that means they were giving just a little bit or they weren't giving anything at all, they weren't using the investment he had made in them correctly. And he equates it to robbery. And God is, God is good at helping people to see things in terms like this, right? Because most of us do not think, well, I wasn't generous, I didn't give, so I've robbed God. Right? That's not our thought process. And, and God is good at using these sort of words like that. They're sort of, sort of bigger in our own heads. They're bigger in our heads to make us kind of pay attention. He, he does the same thing, I think, with, with idolatry in the Old Testament. Uh, when his people would go off and follow these other gods and they would follow the idols, uh, at one point he accuses them of adultery, right? That they're cheating on him. <laughs> because in our heads, idolatry is like, okay, I don't quite get that, so it's not a quite a big a deal in my head. 
but adultery I understand. <laughs> right? He uses these big terms to get us to comprehend how important these principles are. And so it says God equates not tithing, not giving, not being generous to robbery. But then he makes a promise. He says, he says if my people will be generous again, if you'll bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, if they would trust the Lord with their resources, right? Because I don't know if you've made this connection yet in this series, but, but what we do with our money talks a lot to the trust we have for the Lord. We said last week that, that how we spend our money speaks to the condition of our heart. <laughs> and that's, that's true for our relationship with the Lord as well, right? Do we trust that God will provide? So if my people will bring the tithes to the storehouse, if they will trust me with what they have, he says they're going to be blessed. And then he lists out what that, what that blessing looks like, right? Prevention of pests in their crops, crops that produce perfectly at the exact right time, a land that is so nice that other, other nations are going to be envious. Because <laughs> you're going to be the talk of the world. <laughs> if you just trust me. <laughs> and then in Proverbs, we get almost the exact same promise. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. That's what the tithe was. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. You know, I kind of I kind of chuckled to myself this morning because uh, we don't have a ton of farmers uh, in our church, and so that first one, you're like, my barns will overflow. You're like, oh, I don't even have a barn. <laughs> but the second one, vats of overflowing wine. <laughs> I know plenty of people who are like sign me up. God says, look, you are going to be blessed materially, right? There's a material blessing from giving of your crops, from the giving of your tithe. There is a material blessing component to it, but it's so much more than the material, right? Because this, this is not, the, the Scripture is not some prosperity gospel, right? The Scripture is not you give so that God can make you rich. That's not how it works, Right? Some of the most faithful Christians I've met in my entire life live in parts of the world where they don't even have lunch today. We don't think that, that they're less faithful or that God loves them less than us because they don't have as much as we do. What we're saying is that there is a connection between these blessings, these provisions, and our generosity. <laughs> Thankfully, there's a story in Scripture that lays out both sides of this, both the material blessings and the bigger things, the spiritual side. Uh, and this story is found in 1 Kings 17. It's one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, 1 Kings, 1 Kings 1, uh, 17, 7 through 16 is where we're going to be at. And here's how the story goes. It says, Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, him being the prophet Elijah, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Now we talked extensively last week about widows. <laughs> there is a widow who will supply you with food. That's a bold statement right off the bat because we talked last week that widows were generally not 
the most wealthy people in this environment. In fact, widows were generally considered among the more poor. There were specific provisions put in place to take care of widows. But a widow is going to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son so that we may eat it and die. So they are very, very, very dire. And yet God tells Elijah, go and ask this woman. Now, and she, she lives in a town. We can just assume here pretty safely that her neighbors probably have something to give Elijah. And it wouldn't cost them much. It's not a sacrifice. But it's this widow that God says, go to this widow and she's going to take care of you. And so Elijah says, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So, so here's, this, here's this process, right? So, so God has given this woman, in this instance, she has just enough for another meal. Right? She has just enough food. She says, I have enough food to make one more meal for me and my son, and then we have nothing left, and we're just going to wait to die. So God provides this for the woman. He, he provides this meal for the woman. She, in turn, gives it back to Elijah, to the man of God. She gives it back to Elijah, and she says, okay. She goes home. Elijah said it's going to happen, and it's going to happen. So she goes home, and she makes this food for Elijah. And then we have God's blessing in it. It says that she went home and did exactly as Elijah told her, and there was food every day. <laughs> every day. It's, it's reminiscent of the, the feeding of the 5,000, right? Where the, the fish and the loaves are just miraculously keep popping up. There's more and there's more and there's more. And this woman, her, her jar of flour and her jug of oil never run dry. <laughs> so, so there's an obvious, you can see the material blessing in this story, right? This woman went from I have enough for one meal to I have food every day without having to do a thing. Right? She's, not, she's not selling goods. She's not in business. She's not out in the community working a job. It's just showing up. There's a material blessing that happens because of her faithfulness. But there's a bigger blessing in this. Because if you, if you have never been at a place where you're not sure where your next meal comes from, you probably can't understand how big a blessing security is. Sure, the woman had food, and she needs that for her body. She needs to be sustained. 
But consider the, the spiritual boost she has to have security. <laughs> to know that she doesn't have to worry anymore about where her next meal comes from. And even more so, she's a mother. So it's not just, because I know, I know these uh, mother's minds work a little differently than the dad's do. The mother's mind's first thought is, how am I going to feed my kid? <laughs> so it's not just a security for herself, it's security for her child. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bigger blessing in this. And the, the crazy part is it goes even further because not only is she blessed, it says that they had enough food every day for her, her son, and Elijah. So they went from barely enough for two of them to more than enough for three of them. <laughs> There's a reason that when we, when we do our offering on, on Sunday morning, when we're here on Sundays like this, and we do our offering, and I pray over our offering, there's a reason I pray that God would bless and multiply it. Because I know from Scripture that God can do that. Right? God can take what little bit we've got, and he just multiplies it like crazy. And there are stories on stories on stories in Scripture exactly like this one, where God takes what little bit we've got, what we give in faithfulness, he takes it and he does these phenomenal things with it. When Jesus is calling his disciples, when Jesus' disciples, they're out fishing, right? They're out doing their job. They're fishing all night. They catch nothing. And Jesus says, put your net down. They probably think he's nuts. They're like, we've been fishing for hours and nothing, we caught nothing. They put their net down. The net comes back up. It has so many fish, they got to have help to pull it in the boat. The boat starts sinking, right? This is how God's economy works, right? It's an economy that works on this, this faithfulness and God's goodness, he says, if you'll just say yes, you'll get to see the most amazing things. So you, you get blessed, right? The, the woman is blessed. She has food. She has security. The gift itself is blessed. She goes from just drops left in her jars to, to every day it's got enough. Every day. And then other people are blessed. Elijah is benefited by this gift. See, these blessings are meant, they're meant for so much more than just us. And that's, that's, that's one of the biggest, I think, mistakes we make when we think of blessings. When we think of being blessed, we think it means I benefit. Being blessed means that I get to benefit. But when you look at being blessed in Scripture, blessings are always meant for more than just you. When, when God blesses Abraham and his family line, he says that, that I'm going I'm to bless your family. And then what does he say? He says, so they can bless the other nations. All the nations on, on earth are going to be blessed because you're blessed. <laughs> and I wonder sometimes, as, I, as I've been praying through these last few weeks of this series, I wonder, if, as I look at the things in my life that I consider a blessing, the things that I'm thankful for, I wonder... Are other people blessed because I'm blessed? Do other people benefit from the blessings that I've received? Because that's usually a pretty good tell of how well I'm doing on the second part, the you give part. 
Because when we give, when we do a good job of being generous, sharing that heart of God that we talked about last week, when we do that well, it's not just us that are blessed, it's all of those around us. The people in our lives are blessed too. So I want, I want to encourage you this week, because I know, I know that money is, is a sensitive topic. <laughs> it's a sensitive topic. But I, wanna, I want you to think about these three pieces, these three pieces of, of finances in Scripture. I want you to think about God giving and you giving and then God blessing. I want you to think through those three pieces. And I want you to figure out this week which, which piece in the puzzle is weaker than the rest for you, right? Maybe it's at the beginning. We, we've never really considered that what we have comes from God, and so giving really feels like a sacrifice because we feel like it's ours, not his. Or maybe it's the you give part. We know that it comes from God, but man, I gotta, I gotta make every last penny stretch. <laughs> or maybe you're waiting on the blessing side. You say, I know it comes from God, and I'm doing my best to honor him with it, and I'm just waiting to see what he's going to do. But I want you to figure out which of those pieces this week that you feel like is the weakest. Which, one are, which, which phase? Maybe even weakest isn't even the right word. Which, which phase are you in? And then just take one step of faith this week. One step forward. Right? I'm not asking you to take giant leaps. All right? You get places by going one step at a time. <laughs> Take one step this week in the right direction with your finances, with your giving, with, with your blessing of others, with your trust in God. Just take one more step, the next step in your finances this week, and see if, like in Malachi, See, he says, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room enough to store it. Let me pray. God, we're thankful this morning. We're thankful that, that you see our hearts. We're thankful that you see where we're at. Because, God, sometimes we, we even struggle, especially when it comes to topics of money. We struggle to figure out where it is that we're, we're disconnected. So, God, we're asking this week that you would reveal to us what that next step is. Where is it in this, this process that we are? Where is it that we need the most work, the most help? And then, God, we ask that you would show up in, that, in those places. That you, would, that you would work in our faithfulness and in our doubts. God, that we would be blessed, that the people around us would be blessed, our families, our friends, our church family. God, we, we want our lives to be a blessing. And so just as we give our money, knowing that you're going to bless it and multiply it and send it into the world to make a difference, God, we offer you our lives this morning in the same way. We give you ourselves. That our hearts, our actions might bless this world we live in. 
So take us this week, God. Take us and use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.